Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining uh, The Mentors. I'm Jamie. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe. Uh, obviously, we have uh, watched with horror the events unfolding in Israel. Uh, we are, along with everybody else, you know, captivated by that and incredibly saddened. And our hearts go out to everybody in Israel who has been a victim of that. We wanted to have an episode this week and talk about those things. Obviously, sports is a great form of relief for a lot of people. Uh, and we recognize that, but we also want to talk about the actual responses that have come from the various organizations, sports teams, and individuals who make the games great. So we were joined this week by Lewis Keen of The Forward. Uh, he has been doing a pretty good job cataloging the responses from Jewish athletes online. We talked about the responses from different people, the nature of what these responses are and, and what they uh, attempt to do. Uh, so let's jump right in. We're joined tonight uh, by Lewis Keen of The Forward. Uh, Lewis, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, good to be here. Uh, obviously a difficult time for everybody, and I can only imagine for uh, anyone working in Jewish media, this has been a pretty busy week, uh, busy weekend, and, and you know, coming off the holidays especially. Um, but your uh, remit at The Forward has always been sports, or at least sports is a big, big chunk of what you've been doing. And uh, we saw the other day that you posted a thread on Twitter uh, of so, compiling all the Jewish professional athletes that had made a comment on the uh, the terrorist attack in Israel. Um, so what what, uh, what what got you in, interested in that or what made you want to compile those uh, messages? Initially, it was because I saw, I think, what Dean Kramer and what Denny Avdia wrote. And I know we put a lot of stock into what professional athletes say about things that are happening in the world. And... I know my followers are generally interested in finding out what athletes uh, of Jewish heritage or Israeli heritage uh, are saying or doing at any given time. So I thought it would be a good way to um, compile them all in one place. I did think that what um, what they were saying was was interesting, um, especially Denny, who's been reluctant to go in depth on Israeli stuff when it's come up in the past. I know, for example, when Kyrie Irving was uh, when Kyrie Irving got in trouble for tweeting being, for being an Semite. It's okay. Yeah, when yeah, he was for, opining when Kyrie Irving was <laughs> opining on who runs the world for for tweeting a simple Amazon Prime link. Um, <laughs> he he did not. Denny did not want to you know assail him publicly. I think he didn't see it sort of as his place in the. NBA hierarchy on a certain level. He's still very much finding his footing in the league. But here he wrote, you know, two paragraphs going into in, a really in Hebrew season. and in English, we should say. So, yeah, uh, he, he, he wrote he wrote an Instagram post uh, in Hebrew and, and shared a translation of, of what he wrote also um, in which he said, you know, the haunting images from Gaza are hard to shake off. Um, I'm committed to shedding light on this dark chapter. And my thoughts are with everyone affected. He also said that knowing some victims personally adds another layer to my heartache, you know, um, signaling that that he's personally affected by this, not just because everyone in Israel or everyone Jewish kind of knows someone who knows someone. He actually he is that person who knows someone and has people affected. So we don't know um, much more about that yet, um, but I do think we've seen sort of the consequence of having Jewish professional athletes 
which is their teammates are also speaking up, which is mm-hmm. which is kind of new for me to see. I know a number of Baltimore Orioles uh, teammates of Dean Kramer uh, shared the MLB statement, um, and even Kyle Kuzma, who's can kind of be a wild card when it comes to sharing political ideas online. He said himself, "Like my thoughts are with Israel," and um, so uh, and 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 Kyle Kuzma is Denny Avdia's teammate. So. Right. And I think uh, Dean Kramer had said, uh, you know, a lot of people had, on his team had reached out to him. A lot of his teammates had talked to him about it. Uh, he says know, he thinks every point. single one did is actually yeah. what he said, yeah. um, which is really Wait, like, nice to hear. I mean, it's been, it, it, this has been a rare situation where I don't want to say there's, you know, a universal feeling of support necessarily, but uh, certainly a pretty, a, a fairly consistent feeling of of support for uh, for for Israel and, and for Jewish uh, J- Jewish people who have been affected by this as well um it, it, i i think it's a interesting thing to compile the the you know all these statements that it's unsurprising that all these jewish athletes have been doing it and it's interesting to see that non-jewish athletes have been supporting that as well um and i think we've seen it pretty much from every every team certainly in the major uh north american major sports and every league uh has put out a statement i mean i do, it, it, you know it's a it's a sort of fascinating time because i think everyone has that a lot of people have a feeling of like, well, I need to say something. I need to comment. I need to mm-hmm. put my voice out there and having a difficulty, first of all, saying anything that, that adds anything. And also, uh, that gets anything through it, it, you know, when people are speaking sort of extemporaneously or, uh, you know, more, uh, honestly about their feelings, I think it, it leads to more interesting sentiment if not necessarily the most polished or, uh, or, or, or complete sentiments sometimes. Totally. I, I want to point out, you know, for our listeners in Canada and Lewis, just for a little context for you, all of the Toronto sports teams are owned pretty much primarily by a guy named Larry Tannenbaum, who uh, is, you know, a very wealthy man. He is a, a very big benefactor. The largest Jewish Hebrew school in um, Canada is named after his parents. Like it is, he is a Zionist and a, a philanthropical guy. Um, and sort of a big titan of the Toronto Jewish community. And it took till today, like it happened today that the four teams he owns put out a message. And it was like two sentences that were fairly, I don't want to say mealy mouthed, but like, just sort of like, we are sad to see that people are dying and we hope for peace. Um, and like, I would recommend not reading the comments on any of those messages, which I'm sure is not a surprise to anyone here. Um, but at least to me, to James point, it's interesting to see, who chooses to wait and why? And, you know, I don't think I don't think necessarily Larry has much say in, uh, these days in what a social media post team on the team puts out. Um, but it's interesting to know what the competing priorities must be for a team that probably has been arguing for three days about what to say. Yeah, they, they tweeted their um, sadness over the passing of Brendan Malone uh, before, which happened today. Yeah, also on uh, Friday. An hour ago is when those four teams uh, posted a shared statement. I'll just read it for the listeners. Yeah, please. Um, The death of any innocent person can never be explained, condoned, or excused. MLSE and its teams stand against all forms of hate and with those affected by the heinous acts of terror that occurred in Israel this past weekend. We hope for the day when all people in the region can live in peace. Uh, A bit... A bit mealy mouth. I guess I would say that reading the uh, the Jewish athletes post that you compiled for the most part, the ones who wrote their own, it was more specifically like 
Jews are being killed here. I stand with Israel. Uh, here is a specific memory or instance of me doing that and having that support. And teams and leagues, I don't know. Everybody is trying to sort of PR speak their way through this and and condemn violence on all sides. That uh, I, you know, I don't know. Gets people. It, it, I, I, I understand the inclination of I want to put out a statement that's not going to get me criticized, uh, but nobody does that well. Uh, like, no matter what you say, you're going to be attacked one way or the other. You're never going to please everybody. And like, you can just do something principled or honest or not. I mean, I think we talked we talked off there uh, about Amari Stoudemire's post. Uh, you know, he is a outspoken person and, and, and had a post that was very, uh, you know, calling people out. I think so much so that he deleted it. Yeah, I think, you know, with with the MLB and team statements, you know, they kind of want to go down the middle. I don't, I don't think they want to um, stray too far from the beaten path of what the leagues, you know, have carved out. And all of these are like, you know, negotiated statements like in PR departments. And I'm sure all these PR departments are consulting their PR departments uh, to figure out, you know, what, what can we say that won't get us ratioed and make us the subject of the conversation, which I think is like, okay. And I think where they landed has been pretty, not only fast, but I think also generally pretty sensitive to what happened. Um, The the first one I saw um, of any sort of team statement actually was Saturday afternoon. So it was within, you know, eight hours of of the invasion becoming public. Um, And it was from the Miami Heat, who not only have a Jewish owner, but a proud Israeli owner, Mickey Arison. Um, and within, you know, I guess it was, it was at 8 PM, October 7th. So it was in the evening and it said the Hamas act attack of Israel sparked a day of senseless violence and hundreds of innocent lives lost. The Miami heat stand with the people of Israel. Um, which I actually think, you know, to your point, this was a much more, uh, uh, like strongly worded statement than we're going to see for those who took a longer time. That's heat, that's heat culture. I think <laughs> I, I do think, I think it is. Like, I, I'm honest. I, I, I genuinely, no, I genuinely think that is, I, I think that there's a difference between a, a, a city or organization that's like, Oh, we've had uh, Jewish heritage nights or we know who Jews are. And like the Columbus blue jackets being like, you know, we have to put out a statement here. And it's like, I always find it odd. Cause it's like, you actually don't like, I don't know that you need to, it is, it is nice to have support. It's nice to, to be in that position. But I think there are people for whom silence is like, you can say nothing and, and, and it's not the end of the world. Um, to just be silent on the issue instead of saying something dumb. But I don't know. I, I get it. I, I understand the incentive or, or sorry, the, the feeling of like wanting to say something, uh, wanting to say something constructive or be constructive for the people who are reaching out. And, and I'm sure every uh, uh, North American sports team has had, you know, Jewish season ticket holders reach out at some point and say, why haven't you put out a statement about this? Or what are you doing about this? And, and you need to respond somehow. Yeah, I think the teams concluded that they could not stay silent on yeah. this. Um, yeah, also, I mean, true. looking at the Toronto Raptors statement or the Toronto sports team statement, like I honestly think it's good that more teams um, or wish that more teams spoke about, you know, just innocent lives being lost in general. Cause I do think that's happening on both sides of the wall mm-hmm. and none of the teams, as far as I can tell, um, have really said anything alluding to the fact that more innocent lives are going to be lost uh, in coming days and weeks. Um, right. And Absolutely. that we also don't want that. And we also are thinking about that. And uh, 
they didn't go as far as to say the word Gaza or sympathizing with Gaza, which I think might have been inflammatory for a lot of people. But I think they did try to strike a balance here that um, that acknowledge that any innocent life lost uh, is a tragedy and and should be is worth condemning. Absolutely. Something that that uh, I don't know if you link to it in your segment because I would call it sports, but sports adjacent. But um, uh, wrestling announcer and legendary New York hip hop DJ Peter Rosenberg uh, made sort of a long video talking about sort of the importance of, you know, it's it's natural that you're going to care about the lives of the people slightly more that, that you identify with slightly more than others. And that's scary and difficult. But the challenge, which is difficult, is to remember that somebody else cares about other people, too. Right. It's not you know, it's natural to feel I'm sad about Israelis. I'm sad about Palestinians. But the best we can do to you know, fight that is to think about the other people who are caring in addition to the other people who are dying. Um, which I thought was a much a, a very eloquent way of of that sentiment. Yeah, and I I I mean at least with my friends, I think um, and sort of my social milieu, I do feel like that's been the prevailing mm-hmm. tone or or mood or attitude, um, which makes the people who are like, well, actually, you know, um, violence is rooted in oppression or whatever like it makes it all the more confounding it's like uh, my friend posted this earlier today he's like all of us live in settler colonial countries and all of us like going to concerts and like none of us feel that like going to a concert means that you should be able to die at that concert um like like it's it, it we're in canada we had thanksgiving yesterday like if there isn't a, a more a bigger celebration of settler colonialism, like I don't yeah. think that exists, um, which is like awkward timing. But it's it. There's no question that we, you know, there are parts of our lives where we enjoy settler colonialism and celebrate the fruits of it for ourselves. Um, and we know that in other countries, in many places, it's bad. But also, like you know, we talked about this a lot this summer. You know, I can't help thinking when during the World Cup, I think it was last fall, the um, when Morocco won their first game, they unfurled the Palestinian flag and, and cheered for free Palestine, you know, without any mention of their occupation of Western Sahara and so on and so forth. Um, we can get like deep into that if you like. I see Jamie's reacting. Well, I was just going to say, like, speaking of soccer, I wanted to mention that uh, FIFA really is, is the glaring uh, exception of, of sports leagues that it hasn't really said anything. Um, it did put out a statement talking about the fact that Israel's upcoming soccer matches were going to be postponed. Um, and it referenced, uh, quote, the current security situation in Israel. Uh, and I should give credit to Rob Harris of, of Sky News, who has reported on this and has reported on Israel-related football things in the past as well. Um, and, and that's sort of interesting, I think maybe is reflective of who FIFA's masters are, so to speak. I mean, it, it is very beholden to uh, the Arab world for funding. And uh, I don't know, it's incredibly corrupt and, and happy to take money from people who might not want a forceful statement condemning the Hamas attacks in, in Israel. I, maybe that's reading too much into it. But it, it is sort of amazing that this, uh, you know, this global body that actually has like has to suspend matches because of what's going on 
um, is not making a statement <laughs> directly on the issue. You know, I, I, after all, I mean, the Miami Heat, are, they're going to play their games. They're going to play their preseason games and their regular season games unaffected by the uh, the attacks. So uh, it's sort of interesting that FIFA's, FIFA's the one big exception here. Going back to that Amare post, so his story is interesting because he posted a video, I think, on Sunday because he said, I woke up this morning with some disturbing news out of Israel. The Hamas kidnapping children, putting them in cages, killing women, killing the elderly. That's some coward shit. That's cowardly. And for all y'all Black Lives Matter who ain't saying nothing, well, let me figure out exactly what happened before I say anything. Fuck you. Figure out what? It ain't never been cool to kidnap kids and put them in cages. It ain't never been cool to kill women and, and elderly. Never been. No matter where you from, what you represent, what tribe you for, it don't matter. There ain't never been no cool. There ain't never been nothing that nobody supported. And then you go and hide and put the kids in front of you as a barricade. That's some coward shit. All you politicians who always have something to say on the contrary, I see you. Fuck you. All you Black Lives Matter people who always have something to say and always support everything else and you quiet now, fuck you too. And then I guess he took down that video some hours later, maybe the next day, and posted a second video saying that he had kind of overheated. From the time that I spent in Israel, learning tour, playing my sport, I saw so much progress. I saw Palestinian families going on beautiful walks, watching the sunset, jogging, exercising. I saw beautiful Palestinian children singing, dancing, bowling, interacting with my African-American Jewish children, playing sports. I saw the progress. It was happening. My frustration comes because I want to continue to see that progress. I hope that we come to a ceasefire soon and that we're able to find a resolution for this situation. I pray for the safety of the Palestinian children along with the Israeli children. But I do think the intersection of BLM on this issue um, has been pretty revealing. Um, I know, at least with some local chapters in L.A. and uh, especially in Chicago, which posted we yeah, stand with cops, a picture of a hang glider. Right. Um, that has really been shocking. I, I, you know, I marched with Black Lives Matter in L.A. in 2020. Obviously, its origins were in fighting the idea and the actuality of innocent people being shot to death and adopting as a logo or as a graphic uh, a hang glider, which is not representative of Palestine, but is representative of Hamas. Shocking to me. I don't know. Um, I, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's... In terms of a lot of the things that people I don't agree with uh, have been saying about that movement for a long time, which I still don't agree with. I still don't believe that 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 the root of that movement is anti-Semitic or that it, you know, undergirds the movement. But whoever posted that is giving all of the skeptics of, you know, a really promising and positive uh, movement, a lot of ammunition to, to prove their point. Yeah. And, and we should say Amari did delete it. I, I, you know, he, he felt uh, he was coming in hot and said, 
uh, you know, a more balanced statement saying, I pray for the people of Israel, I pray for Jerusalem, I pray for the people of Palestine, I stand with humanity, um, you know, addressing Black Lives Matter directly as well. Um, but it's, it, it is interesting to see the sort of, uh, I don't know, someone who's not necessarily bridled by any uh, need for restraint, any professional need for restraint. You know, he's mm-hmm. not he's not currently playing. He's not a coach. Uh, and, you know, seeing the, the passion. He's that just comes hanging out at Yeshiva games. Yeah. Uh, so interesting to see, you know, we're, we're seeing a whole spectrum of things. I don't think we've seen any um, professional athlete yet uh, making it make a whole ass of themselves. Uh, no one has come out and supported Hamas. I, I'm sure there's been instances of people uh, being more focused on Palestine or uh, less focused on Israel at the moment than than maybe you would like to see or one would like to see. I don't think we've we've seen it yet. I, I would say that I I'm sure in the next week or so we will see an, a professional athlete post something that will be de- decried as anti-Semitic. That's that's like you know that's. But it, I think it, I, I, probably, I would I would say that's like I don't a negative two hundred on, is, on, on Israel uh, to on be in a war right for now. that to happen. That's true, but like this, especially like this is going to be a time where like some somebody's going to say something incredibly stupid at some point in the next week or two. Um, yeah, I mean, my money's always on Kyrie. He did tweet. <laughs> he did tweet on October eighth, um, which is when this began. Um, or I guess it began the seventh, but tweet on the eighth. God is watching what is happening around the world. Which, I for someone who like thinks of himself as God, I don't know what to make of that post. But he subsequently tweeted uh, yesterday, my heart mourns for all of the innocent lives lost in the crossfires of war. God never intended for humanity to destroy one another. Yeah, that, that's like that's like as good as you can hope for with Kyrie. And I think that's fu- that, like that's fine. It's nothing offensive about that. I think it is like a, a prayer for peace. That's a totally normal thing. Um, yes, I, I would not be shocked if, if he is the one who says something in the next few days. Um, although, uh, you know, I guess we'll see, uh, friends of his, I, I feel like are, are often sort of towing that line as well. Like there's been a few people who, uh, Jillian Brown was, was pretty supportive of him last year. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll see if that leads to something, but I guess we'll see. I, I, I'm not, I'm not hoping for it at all. I'm just saying that at some point in the next week or two, someone, some professional athletes going to say something incredibly anti-Semitic online. Um, has, uh, has Jonathan <laughs> Isaac said anything yet? Oh, no. Well, I feel like Jonathan Isaac would be very positive because he's like far right Christian. Yeah, I think he's I think he's like a not necessarily a Christian Zionist, but like so Christian he's Jewish. Um, yeah, which is something you know I I I say that that's a one of my wife's uh, comments about her fundamentalist Christian cousins. They're so Christian, they're Jewish. Um, like Christian enough to like keep kosher and like have a Passover seder. Um, yeah, I think he's there. So maybe he'll say something. I don't know. Um, but I just want, like, I feel like his takes aren't particularly thought out or nuanced. Uh, yeah, I mean, his last uh, post that isn't basketball related was about transgender people. So yeah, his um, most about- recent- if you think I am saying trans individuals should be affirmed unconditionally, then you've misread. <laughs> so, so I don't mean to laugh, but I, yeah. I also see he's got a post um fighting with charles barkley for charles barkley's support of trans people yeah i'm not i'm not uh, i'm not staying tuned on that one (laughs) anyways i i i do want to thank you for joining us tonight lewis and and going over some of this obviously this challenging time for everybody but uh 
good to, you know, I don't know, have the the relief of some sports and also see what athletes are saying and 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 keep an eye on that. So, uh, For sure. you know, keep an eye, keep an eye on you that. Know, of, and... of the two Jewish athletes who are playing today that we keep track of, we've noticed both Dean Kramer and Alex Bregman wearing, you know, very visible highs or highs. Um, again, yeah. Bregman drew one on his hat and uh, uh, Dean Kramer's got his like hanging out of his jersey tonight. Um, you know, I feel he he can't have, you know, I was watching the game before he came on here, mostly to see what um, what the broadcast, how the broadcast would treat it. Um, and they went to, unsurprisingly, they went to man on the field and like proud Jewish man, Ken Rosenthal. I feel like having Joe Buck or or Chip Carey do this statement would have been like less good. Right. Um, but they just had Ken talk about you know, Kramer being Israeli, being proud Israeli, pitch of the World Baseball Classic team, and like understandably worried about his brother who was currently in the army. So that's sort of what they what they talked about, um, as well as Dean saying, you know, I'm thinking about it no matter what. Yeah, I will say as uh, tough of a time as it's been for me, it's been a even tougher time for Jewish pitchers in the MLB postseason. That's true. Yes. Max, tough tough he, game to for Dean Kramer. Four innings. Dean Kramer knocked out after five outs. Yeah. yeah. And six um, rounds. But, it, yeah, it was, you know, lovely to see him, uh, you know, proudly wearing them again, David. And I'm sure he'll be talking about it afterwards. And, uh, and to be the first Israeli pitcher to pitch in the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Quite, quite, the, quite the achievement. Anyways, uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks so much. Thanks again, Lewis. Uh, everyone can follow uh, Lewis on Twitter. It's this uh, at this Lewis. And uh, read your work at the forward. Great to be on with you guys. Take care. Well, thanks again to Lewis Keen for joining us. So, first things first, Gabe, uh, the, the, you, you mentioned at the end that there were two uh, Jewish baseball players in the MLB playoffs today uh, with varying results, both rocking them again to Veeds. Um, mm-hmm. Alex Bregman hit a home run for the Astros today uh, as they look to reach their seventh straight ALCS. Seven uh, straight. Which, Wow, I believe he. I believe he was an ALCS MVP. Yes, uh, maybe not last year, but maybe in 2017. Um, anyways, but uh, he hit a home run. Pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. He. It looks like drew him again, David, on his hat. Yes, um, I, with I'm, some sort of chalk, I think. Yeah, chalk, I, 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 yeah, I haven't seen that anyone has asked him about it. That anyone asked him about it after the game or anything like that, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess it was simply, well, I don't have a chain with me and uh, yes. I wanted to get it on there. So I wanted to do something. Yeah. I don't like wearing this during games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And you know, he's, he's throughout the season or throughout his career, like he's relatively down with the, the culture as they say. Yeah. Um, you know, he appears at, at Houston bar mitzvahs and has given talks at synagogues and such like he's ready to go. Um, yeah. you know, he's a, uh, Albuquerque, you know, growing up Albuquerque Jew, um, went to services, big high holiday family dinners. Like he has talked about it, talked about his bar mitzvah. You know, he's just, it's nice to see him get back to the culture, especially when we as a people really need that support. Yeah. And I think, I mean, honestly, that's a pretty conspicuous thing to do. Like Mm -hmm. usually not allowed to do that. You would get fined. I can't imagine there's any situation where major league baseball is going to be fining him. Uh, but you know, still impressive to see him do it. Uh, and, and, and given his family great, history great of litigating against major league baseball, I think it <laughs> right. might not be their smartest move. Yeah. His grandfather was a, was a labor lawyer, I think. Right. Who, uh, yeah. who was involved in, in MLBPA early goings on. Um, um and I well think that, they, they might've moved the Washington senators to Texas, something like that. Right. 
And uh, Dean Kramer, who's a starting pitcher tonight for the Baltimore Orioles, uh, was rocking a Magen David necklace. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't it didn't power him the way it powered uh, Alex. Uh, he he got uh, he got pretty badly hit today. Yeah, he didn't have a great Texas day, Rangers, but he's got a lot, thinking, a lot to think about. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Dean is an Israeli. Like he he's an Israeli American. Uh, his brothers in the in the reserves and is serving. You know, he really has family in Israel uh, who's being directly affected by this. So I I can't imagine that that helped him. Mm-hmm. You know, get ready for the game or anything like that. I'm not blaming mm-hmm. it uh, as the source of you know why he had a bad game or anything like that. But I just can't imagine what it's like to go out there and try to try to pitch in front of uh, you know 50,000 people while while all that's going on in the background. No, it must be brutal. Um, yeah, you know, they, they as we mentioned during the game, so there was one or during the interview, there was one quick mention from Ken Rosenthal, um, sort of about Kramer's history. Um, you know, I remember Dean Kramer during the uh, Little League World Series game last year. Baltimore was was playing and he was pitching and he mentioned his favorite food was an Israeli delicacy shawarma and the uh, broadcasters had no idea what it was they had to look up what shawarma was while doing the wow. broadcast so you know Kramer's Israeli heritage has come up on television before right uh, we should say aside from that in the in the MLB playoffs Max Fried is still around uh, with the Atlanta Braves uh, they came back and won last night it's one one in their series against the Phillies um, I. Uh, Garrett Stubbs is with the with the Phillies, so somebody mm-hmm. from that uh, somebody from that bracket there will be will a be Jew in the on. NLCS. There will be a Jew in the NLCS, uh, and uh, it's looking like the the Bregman led Astros will make the ALCS. So possibility for a uh, a pitcher, a, a Jewish pitcher pitching to uh, a Jewish hitter, uh, Freed versus Bregman again, again uh, as as I exactly. So uh, that that's worth keeping an eye on, and and you know. I, I'm sure we'll continue to hear things from them or see statements or, or signs of uh, support from them uh, mm-hmm. as they go on in the, in, in the MLB playoffs. Um, um, on the other side, there is a there are no Jews, as I can tell, on the Arizona mm-hmm. Diamondbacks. Um, however, they do have a pretty great Mike Jacobs all-star in Kevin Ginkle, uh, <laughs> G-I-N-K-E-L. Um, plus, plus, plus your your Jewish father in the stands uh, cheering yeah, you on. Yeah, plus my Jewish father in the stands at I think every playoff game they'll play at home. Um, <laughs> That's great. He's already I, got uh, AL. He's already got NLCS tickets. I think he's planning on scalping uh, DS tickets, just showing up as a single tomorrow and when right. walking in. Um, but he'll be there. That's great. Um, just shifting a little bit, we want to say that it, it is the start of the NHL season tonight. Uh, there's a great graphic courtesy of uh at jewish hockey uh that that lists all the jewish uh, hockey players in the nhl this year or, or at least everyone who's more or less going to make a roster or, or play yeah. uh, in the next little while um gabe anyone you want to talk about uh highlight well, for for people going into the season as, as a lot of folks watch? might be surprised to know that you know he's been yeah. a long the bread man himself um been a, a star in the league for a long time artemi panarin does have jewish heritage he is <laughs> right quite a religious catholic um, mm-hmm. You know, it was talked about going to church before every single game to pray to Jesus. That said, we still support, you know, he still fits the rules, the Team Israel rules. Um, right. So we believe, that, you know, he's in there. But, you know, we're expecting, you know, on this podcast, at least another another huge season um, from friend of the pod, Zach Hyman. Um, Edmonton is, is truly a Stanley Cup contender. Um, and it'd be great to see, you know, a Jewish name or a Jewish guy lift up that, that cup. Um, yep. as well, uh, the two Hughes brothers, Quinn Hughes, we talked about this before, has just been, um, 
has just been named the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. He's the second right. captain um, before. After uh, uh, Jeff Halpern. Right, Jeff right. Halpern, yes. Yeah. Um, the first one, uh, you know, obviously uh, Jeff, and then now Quinn Hughes, who will hopefully be a captain for longer than Halpern was. Halpern only last one season in those. Um, however, uh, Hughes, you know, he is the cornerstone of the future of the Vancouver Canucks. Um, and I think they're expecting him, you know, at least the Vancouver Jewish community is expecting him to be there for a long time. Um, so we're I excited saw, to see him take the next step this year. I saw as well that uh, his brother Jack has is number two in, in jersey sales. Yeah. Uh, in NHL, behind only Connor Bedard, uh, the recent uh, the recent number one pick who is going to be making, I guess, made it just just making his debut as, as we're talking yeah. about this. Um, but that's pretty cool. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Like, is it? Is New Jersey like a, a big like? I know the Devils have fans. I'm just saying, like, yes. is, it has have the Devils become a more popular team in New Jersey since since like the uh, since the Nets left and like there's less New Jersey identity. Like, is it what, what's so. going on there? Because it, it feels uh, obviously he's a good player, but it you seems know, they, out of uh, they play in the Prudential Center, which is in Newark. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they are, I guess, part of the New York metropolitan area. And I think if you are a Jewish athlete in New York, you will have a lot of fans all the time. Oh, good point. Right. Um, right. That's a big part of it as well. You know, the devils have been up and down good for a long time, but they're expected to be bad for a while. Uh, and mm-hmm. then they sort of took the leap last year, you know, second in their division. Jack Hughes is one of the best players in the league after a couple of years of figuring it out. Um, so I mean, I he's, sort of- he, look, he's 20, he's 21 years old. He scored 43 goals last year. Like that's like. You know, yeah, that, he's that, a superstar. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Like, he's on that trajectory. Uh, do you think 50 goals this year? Possible? Uh, I think 50 goals is, an, is absolutely in the realm of possibility. Um, mm-hmm. 100-point season totally in the realm of possibility for Jack Hughes. It depends how good the team plays. I think, you know, if you right. ask Jack, he'd much rather say, I'd rather win a Stanley Cup. You know, I'm only 21. Oh, that's what uh, they all say. <laughs> No, the, but the Devils are the Devils are pretty. Uh, they're ten to one odds right now. I think they're fourth or fifth best odds yeah. to uh, um, to win. They're as. you know in their division they have aging. You know they're they're the next team to come up after pretty seriously aging. Um, uh, Vancouver, Vancouver, pretty aging. Uh, Washington and Pittsburgh. Um, so it's you know pretty likely that the Devils, if they don't win the league this year, win that division this year, they'll be very very close. Um, as well, you know, Hughes was at 99 points last year, so he was really, really close to, to win, uh, you know, matching that 100 points. Um, so with any luck, you know, as fans of him, Jewish, we will be, you know, uh, uh, right, had happy to do it. Uh, we'll be happy to to celebrate him. Um, in addition, you know, he he was an All Star last year, um, mm-hmm. you know, for two years in a row. Like he's he's really the superstar people thought he was when he was drafted first overall. Um, hopefully right. his youngest brother Luke can be up on the team with him again. Um, yeah, that is pretty cool to see two brothers play together. Uh, you know, don't don't have that many examples of that uh, among Jewish athletes. Seen it no, a few times in hockey like, over mostly the years. The but... Howes and the Sutters, the Alus. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's a lot of Jewish brothers, at least in North American sports. Um, yeah, the Schwartzes together. are the only ones that come to mind. Uh, Jeff and Mitchell yep. Schwartz, who are both both on the line for Kansas City um, at, at various times. They did play together. I think. Uh, they did overlap for yeah, a bit. So, and then, um, in addition, we we want to talk about actually currently in a lot of trouble for some of the things he said and did this weekend is uh, Jewish race car driver Lance Stroll, um, who was one of the first drivers to speak out about uh, I would say pretty horrifying conditions uh, at the Qatar Grand Prix last week for um, the uninformed. You know, the race takes place in Qatar, which is not 
as we said, traditionally a friendly country to a lot of people complaining about physical and mental torture. Um, right. But, you know, the race was 50 degrees Celsius uh, when the race happened um, and apparently closer to 70 or 80 degrees sitting inside a, wow, uh, you know, 300 mile an hour uh, speed machine. Um, mm-hmm. And Lance, who passed out walking out of the car onto the way, um, you know, was in trouble for shoving his trainer when his trainer tried to come help him. But, you know, in Lance's own words, he was confused. It was difficult. Said he couldn't see. Said he actually passed out while driving the car um, during the race, which is incredibly dangerous and could have easily killed him. Um, So, you know, even though he had a rough week and is in trouble, I just want to say good for Lance for being one of the drivers to speak up about it um, and about the conditions because, you know, it's not a lot of athletes, I think, will will take that experience as uh, a part of doing the game but lance is actually worried about driver safety and trying to make it better for everybody interesting well it's an interesting story to keep keep an eye on and i I don't know what they do about that i mean if you're gonna have a race there then it sounds like the conditions are probably gonna be terrible i mean it's 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 october like you know we we saw it happen at the world cup and moving yeah and didn't it didn't make a huge difference i I guess they'll just have to go at you know end of january december and well they do the race uh, at night so it's cooler right yeah. But it's it's still, you know, Qatar now, it's still incredibly hot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at, you know, this is three days later. Um, and, you know, in any race, even if it's not so hot, when you're on the track and all those cars are driving, like they, the engines burn at, you know, a thousand degrees. So when you're sitting right next to it, there's all this work to cool the driver down. But when it's that hot, you know, you're, you're past the wet bulb for places like that. <laughs> right. So being so sweaty. You know, three or four drivers dropped out of the race because it was too hot. Wow. Um, one of them threw up inside their own helmet. Um, it was like it was not a good scene. Uh, well, why don't we leave it there for for this edition <laughs> of uh, Mentorers? Um, as always, uh, you can find our posts on the Canadian Jewish News website, uh, the CJN.ca, and you know, good to check in on there. You're not necessarily seeing Canadian Jewish News links on social media right now uh, because if if you're in Canada at least because of the uh, rules related to posting news on social media or the the way the the social media companies have have limited that Um, and uh, we're produced by Michael Freeman and you can find our content on Twitter as well at Manchwarmers. See you next time.